Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Drinks with Heavy podcast. The interviews are back, I'm very happy about that. We have figured out a way to do the interviews from home, so that's good news. Today's interview is with Kirsty Loveday, founder and owner of Love Drinks, which I'm sure you've all heard of. Uh, Kirsty has some amazing insights into what's going on right now and how her business and team are getting through it. It's really useful information. So I recommend getting a little notebook out for this episode. And if you do enjoy it, please subscribe, rate and review, and of course, share. Screenshot this episode and share it on social media, tagging at Drinks with Hebe. Let's get into the episode. Hi Kirsty. Hi Hebe, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Really good. Staying positive in the current environment, but really glad to be talking to you today. A bit of uh, human interaction, albeit over the podcast. I'm so glad we're able to do this whilst both staying at home. It's actually incredibly handy. (laughs) The the joy of technology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, let's just kick off with, uh, tell us a bit about who you are, what you do. Great. Great. So that's a, a very broad question, but I'll try and stick to the more of the work element. Um, uh, but but I am my I am my work, so that should be quite simple. So um, I have always been in the drinks industry. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been in it over twenty years now. So probably giving my age away a little bit. Um, kind of grew mm-hmm. up in in pubs and worked my way through uh, university, working in bars. Um, I then. Uh, Got a job at Budweiser giving out free beer. This is back in a time when you could give out free beer to consumers in pubs. Um, and then moved into a little bit more of a corporate world um, to Allied de Mac and then moved to Castle Brands where I launched Gosling's Rum. Um, really enjoyed the industry, the people. Uh, it was a complete blank canvas of like not many premium brands. So this is probably 17 years ago there was you know mm. Morgan's, Murnoff, Gordon's on the back bar that was pretty much it so the challenge of um, telling the story of Gosling's to the on-trade and getting people to understand it get passionate about it taste it offer something new to their customers was just so exciting I really really enjoyed the challenge of building that brand and um, so much so Uh, that when I was actually made redundant by the distribution company, I thought, do I have the uh, metaphorical balls to do this myself? Um, uh, And I think it was probably uh, ignorance as opposed to anything else. But I I set up my company, Love Drinks, 13 years ago um, in August, will be our 13th year. I'm not superstitious, so... (laughs) I'm um, not going to make any comments on, on that, of 2020 being a, a, a funny year. Um, and um, so, yeah, set up as an independent brand ambassador while I waited for my WOWGA certificate to come through to hold goods under bond. And then um, set up Love Drinks. Um, we were very one of very, very, very few companies that were truly finding the best of the world's spirits and uh, making them available in the UK. And we were doing that by um, telling the story of the brand owners, the liquid, the production, 
um, all the stuff that you take for granted these days. But back then, 13 years ago, there was very, very little education and very, very little choice. Um, so I'd like to think that we very much kind of spearheaded that kind of craft revolution. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So now, I mean, it's an amazing story. It's a, it's a proper journey you've been on. <laughs> a very interesting journey. Yeah. Fast forward to, I say today, but maybe not today, today, but f- fast forward <laughs> to the more recent times, you know, Love Drinks now represents 11 um, of the best brands from around the world and increasingly more British brands um, mm. to cater to, you know, what's happening uh, with consumer demands and we are a team of 11 people and we are based in Clapham um, in South London normally when we're in the office um, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah incredibly incredibly proud of the team um, that I've built and the brand owners that we have um, that support us incredibly well especially at the moment so, so that's well me, on that really. note um, yeah I mean uh, what is your day-to-day like at the moment now with everything that's going on and you know what's that meant for your business and your team so yes it's been a very interesting kind of four weeks really I think now we're kind of working in week one week two week three I think we're on kind of week four of of when the world changed really it was the Monday I think it was the 16th or 17th uh, when Mm. Boris said about closing the on-trade um Luckily, we are quite adept to working from home. Uh, we're quite an agile business. Um, so our sales team are obviously out and about and um, a lot of the senior team um, work in the office but also have focus days working from home. So we were able to adapt quite quickly. Um, we also, when we realised the massive impact this was going to have on the on-trade, we had to have a, a quick um, strategy in terms of how are we going to, you know, I'll use the term survive, but we are going to survive, but how are we going to make yeah. the best of this situation moving forwards? And we came to an agreement quite quickly with our sales team that they would um, move to part-time hours. The senior team would take significant uh, pay cuts and, you know, reduce their hours. Um, and then the mm. furlough scheme was offered by the government, which was a bit of a lifeline. So, um, I think some of the biggest challenges, apart from, you know, just kind of having to work hard to almost scale back a business, is um, makes me feel incredibly sad some days, but also incredibly um, agile and motivated to, you know, take control of the future. Um, but it's just making sure that we maintain the motivation of the team that are furloughed. Um, nobody wants to be sat at home well my team certainly don't want to be sat at home getting paid to do nothing they're just not of that mindset Um, so it's been difficult because I think for a lot of people when you get furloughed it's kind of almost like a you know it dents the ego it shouldn't uh, but it does Mm. but the last thing that we could do is encourage our entree team to try and sell products to bar managers when they're struggling to pay their staff their wages so you know, it wasn't even appropriate to have them out in the trade doing anything. There was nothing that they could do. So um, we have weekly calls um, twice a week on a Tuesday. We have a coffee hour at lunchtime. We just sit and have a natter, catch up with what everybody's doing. Oh, that's got, nice. Uh, yeah, we've got some like um, staff kind of perks, including like perk box and 
Westfield Health and some other things that um, have been offering like free e-learning, free subscriptions to fitness at home. So we've been making sure everybody still feels like they have purpose and being really engaged. And then on Thursday at 6 p.m., we have like a, you know, a drink together on, on Zoom as well. Um, we've had brand owners that have come in and done quizzes for us. Um, so we're just really keen to make sure that the team that we've spent the last 13 years trying to find, you know, we've got to keep them engaged. Um, and, you know, we're just all waiting for the new normal to return, really. Um it can be a little bit lonely working from home, um, even seeing mm. people on a screen. I mean, I'm quite a touchy-feely person. So not really able to hug people is so difficult. But my dogs are getting squeezed to death at the moment, <laughs> I must admit. Like, oh, it's really people that I can touch. Um, so I think everyone's finding it quite, quite difficult. But good communication is essential in these times. Um, just keeping really open lines of communication and making sure everybody keeps the pecker up. That's it. I mean, it's it's tough because as an industry, we're quite a social industry, aren't we? We, we, we it's, it's part and parcel. We love being around people, yeah. and uh, we we've had that stripped away. So it's yeah. But I think that's what you're doing. Sounds like an amazing way to tackle it and to keep things going because it is hard when you're at home and you can't do your job and you mm. can't interact with people. Yeah, that's. Yeah. We're certainly just uh-huh. trying our best I think everybody's trying a, a variety of different strategies and this is unprecedented you know all what people can do is try their best I don't think anybody knows what the right solution is right the way up to the government there you know of yeah. them doing their best whether it's working or not is another thing so you know all that business leaders can do in this time is you know be kind think what would you want to happen if it was you and and try and do the very best for your people yeah it's uh we've been in our household doing the same just catching up with people on a regular basis doing zoom calls we've got a family quiz planned which apparently I'm being quiz master which (laughs) is slightly daunting but I'm also glad that I don't have to answer the questions well you should be very experienced at that so Lots of practice with your podcasts. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I could get the mic out and everything. Oh, I might go all out, get it fancy. Um, now, I understand you talked a bit about it there, but uh, you're quite into self development and that sort of thing. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, certainly. I think um, I think one thing that frustrates me about the UK and the education system is there not is not enough focus put on understanding one's brain when you are a young person um there's no kind of basic psychology that's offered in in school um and i really was very unaware of how your mind um can basically play tricks on you and make you feel very very unwell setting up the business that i did um was quite stressful um as i said i was quite ignorant as opposed to being anything else and, and the amount of stress um, that my brain was causing and the um, implications it was having on my physical health was was pretty devastating. It was really difficult to get through. And I found some coping mechanisms, you know, through exercise and um, mainly through exercise, just releasing stress. But the more I've read about the mind and 
been lucky enough to go on some fantastic um, kind of business leader courses in terms of managing stress. Because um, when you're in a position like I am, you constantly have to look at the worst case scenario to keep everybody safe. So if you're spending every day thinking <laughs> what the worst is that's, that could happen, it's quite yeah. detrimental. But having that mindset has meant that we have, you know, we've sailed, I say sailed through, we've made it through some pretty difficult years. Um, you know, nothing more so than what we're experiencing at the moment. And I think if this would have happened to me 10 years ago, I would be in pieces. Whereas mm. with a lot of the books that I've read, a lot of the courses that I've been able to go on and having more understanding about how the mind works and being really able to kind of separate um, separate kind of logic from emotion. Um, I'm actually quite good in a crisis, especially when I know that that crisis is definitely not caused by a decision that I may or may not have made. So the current situation is absolutely not my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, and therefore, I've been—I feel that I've been able to respond really quickly and and, and act um, in a in a very kind way, most importantly, but in the best interest for the business and our brand owners and our team in the long term. And it's it's through listening to a lot of podcasts, like different people's opinions. It's about having a lot of empathy for how other people view the world. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I'm used to dealing with fast, quick decisions. I'm not, I'm, I'm comfortable with change. I'm comfortable with challenge. And I'm now a lot more understanding about people that, you know, might not have had all of those differences happening in their lives. And this has been, you know, so unnerving for them. Um, and just watching people really struggle through this scenario and being able to be empathetic and understanding um I would not have been able to do that probably five years ago without developing my mind reading a lot listening to a lot of podcasts um and just you know work, really working on my empathy <laughs> yeah I think feels like now is actually the perfect time to start something like that if you haven't already it's exactly. actually quite a nice time to to reflect inwards and have Do a little what? time with yourself. It really is. And that's what I've been kind of asking the team to put together, like a, a short, you know, personal development plan. What do they want to achieve? But also giving them, you know, giving them the kind of confidence or the, the okay that you can have a bit of downtime. You don't need to have, you know, 100% purpose all the time and achieve something just allowing some headspace in these few weeks while they're off, you know, to explore and, and think is really, really good. But I think mm. a lot of people also thrive on um, some, you know, having some structure. So, uh, you know, I'm doing a part-time nutrition for sports course, and I know there's some of the courses that are available for my team. There's a few of the team that are learning Spanish, um so just keeping people feeling like they're engaged and developing themselves is is really important and and very motivating for them as well yeah I, I that actually leads perfectly into my next question because I was going to ask um about advice for motivating a team um not necessarily 
during a crisis like we have now but on a on a normal day month week um what advice would you give to people in terms of motivating their teams yes I think that's a really really good question um the thing with motivation I think you've got to make sure that a you recruit the right people and they are generally motivated because they have the same values as you as a business or very similar values um Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't have a very uh, management heavy team. So we're really reliant on our team members to have a lot of autonomy, set their own goals and also recognise their own successes. Don't get me wrong, we are big on pat well done's and um, recognising success. Uh, but I think in the past, you know, we have really struggled with motivating some individuals. And when you drill down to it, actually, you just realise that you're on different paths. And, you know, motivating somebody who's on a different path is almost impossible. Um, I think mm. it's really important to understand what motivates somebody. So that could be simply somebody who wants to really develop and learn. We have a, a number of our CDMs, our customer development managers that are just so hungry for knowledge. So sending them on a WSET course or um, some of the training is great. We've got some people that are really motivated by working as a team um, mm. so um, or project managing. So we try and allocate certain small projects to them. But having that conversation and having the process in your business to, un- to be able to ask the questions and understand what motivates people is incredibly important because you might be trying to, you know, give somebody a 10% pay rise and actually that's not what they want. They want to have, you know, more learning and more experience and it's it's not actually financial. Yeah, it's actually ridiculously simple when you put it like that, when you can just ask people what, what they want, what are their goals <laughs> and they can... <laughs> It's it's taken me be flexible. It's taken me twelve years to realise that I was not doing this at the beginning. <laughs> oh my goodness me! I so wish I was. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but yeah, more more laterally, just recruiting the right people and also keeping open conversation to understand and ask questions. Never ever assume. Very important. Yeah, it's important. I I like that. That's that. It's clear, it's simple. I feel like that's something that people can action right now if they want yeah. to. It's not it's not overly complicated in any yeah. way. Um, now, in your area of the industry, uh, obviously relationships are a big part of your business. Uh, what do you do and how do you uh, build and maintain these? So this is a really interesting question, actually, because um, it caused me to go back to the beginning and kind of understand why we've had so much loyalty as an organization. But I guess when I set the, before I set the business up, I always did exactly what I said I was going to do. So I always delivered. I would never let anybody down. That's really important. I was always really professional, but -hmm. delivering is key. And then when I set up my business, um, I asked people for help and engaging and bringing people into your world by saying to them look I've set this business up I don't know how I'm going to do it but you know I know that I've got some good brands and I know that you've got some good customers and I really want us to work together you know please help me Mm. and you know consulting with customers on, on what they want listening to 
uh, asking for, trying to deliver on those requests, whether it was new brands into the portfolio or um, new new SKUs, new kind of flavours uh, or new innovation. Um, and then just being incredibly authentic and grateful and delivering on what you promise. And it is that simple. The thing is, because I've always been fully accountable um, to my customers, I've never worked in a big organization where I didn't deliver. And what you see in the bigger organizations is people move from job to job and you've got that gap mm-hmm. in accountability. And I think a lot of people feel quite let down. They're constantly seeing a new rep. Although we have obviously turnover in our business, they know at the end of the day, my name's above the door. If there's a problem anyway, anywhere, they can reach out and, and speak to me. Um, so that's been incredibly important. Uh, but it is also a, a big challenge when you have got your name above the door to recruit the right people and pass on customers for them to look after. Um, so that is always a bit of a challenge because everybody, you know, a lot of people still want to speak to me. Um, however, I think now we've got a really credible team. Sam Burke is my MD and she's been picking around longer than I have. She's incredibly <laughs> passionate. We share a lot of values and she's increasingly kind of spearheading the the business in terms of kind of being out and about and just allowing allowing me to focus a bit more on, on the future and the strategy and the, the company kind of ethos and values and things like that. That's it's so hard when you're you're the business if that makes sense like uh it's very obvious everybody knows that you're it's your company so it is a whole other level when you've got a team of people who you know do their jobs but you're still the end point and people people know it's you and they can have access to you so it does it does put pressure on you so you handle that very well well, I'm not sure about that, but I mean, it's it's interesting, um, kind of just in this in the current scenario because we furloughed a significant amount of our team, including some people from our admin team as well, because the you know the total turnover has gone down by seventy percent. So I've jumped into a number of different roles, um, and you know I've you know I've picked up kind of credit control, which is really interesting at the moment in time. But it's so lovely actually picking up the phone and being able to speak to customers in the current climate and just empathise with them and show them that we're still here, you know, understanding their particular situations and working with them to try and achieve, you know, something that that kind of meets the basic requirements of both parties. Um, so, but I, when the when the business is kind of up and running fully, um, operationally, I must admit that the business runs pretty pretty damn good without me these days, and that's obviously the point in making sure operationally it runs brilliantly. And and Sam Burke is just an incredible woman, and she has done a great job. So this is my opportunity to just send her a bit of love through your <laughs> podcast and say thank you to her. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh. Sam, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I'll make sure she listens. <laughs> um, now, for anybody who wanted to follow in your footsteps and, and have a career similar to yours, uh, what advice would you give to them? 
oh, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody would actually <laughs> want to follow in my footsteps if they would have witnessed some of the car crashes along the way. But I think it's really important, you know, to be inspired by people. Um, but in order to kind of set up a business, it's really important to have like a niche, a genuine niche, something that's different. It doesn't have to be wildly different as well. So, but also just make sure you know your own mind and you know your own values before going into something. I think that's been something that I've really struggled with. Um, not understanding my core values until, you know, a bit later in life, um, mm. you know, is really difficult. Um, I've really struggled with doing certain elements of the job and also understanding that you can't be brilliant at everything. I mean, I am a bit of a jack of all trades, but there's some areas that I really excel in and some areas that I'm terrible in. Um, and really recognising that early, yes, you can develop better, but don't put yourself through that misery. Identify those weak areas that make you want to gouge your eyes out and find the right person and motivate them in the right way to be able to support support and help you. Um, I think that's just something that I just didn't recognise early on. I just thought I had to be everything for everyone. And that's impossible. So I constantly felt like I was letting myself down. Um, and I guess probably don't be so hard on yourself <laughs> and 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 celebrate the successes. God, if I look back now over the years and some of the amazing successes that we've enjoyed and I've kind of not recognised them enough and just moved on to the next big thing. Um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing and I, I, I'm not the sort of person that has loads of regrets, but I do wish I probably would have given myself a couple of pats on the back. Yeah. It's so easy to like be constantly pushing forwards and you kind of forget how long you've been doing something or how much, how, how far you've come. And it is, it is so lovely to look back and go, oh, actually, mm. if I'd have said to myself, oh, you'll be doing this in three months, I wouldn't have believed it. And it's yeah. that sort of like, yeah, you've got to remember your past self. And it's, to, I think it's kind about... Of give you that. Yeah, it's understanding your why and why you do mm -hmm. something. And, you know, my why has changed massively from 13 years ago to, you know, really wanting to, to, to develop the UK on trade, you know, bring these amazing stories, um, you know, really drive a more professional kind of outlook and um, ways of working in the on trade as well. Um and that changed as the business grew and my whys, uh, you know, have, have then turned more into developing the team and being responsible for them. Um, so it's really, really important that you recognise why you're doing something and, and, and check in on that why. Because people change, motivations change. Um, you know, as you get older, your, you know, pace might change or you know motives your family might come into things a bit more your health your lifestyle and um, so always check in yeah uh, how could we support you and your business right now because I know we've talked about the current situation and uh normal lives when things go back to normal but but what can we do right now to support you I mean it's it's really difficult for us at the moment, as it is for many other businesses. Um, but 
in terms of we supply mainly to the on-trade and the on-trade is closed. Um, hmm. I guess the, I think the thing I'm most concerned about is probably looking at the industry as a whole. I don't want to say anything that's incredibly selfish at this point, but, you know, for us to hmm. succeed, we need the rest of the hospitality industry to succeed. And um, Jonathan Downey's been doing this amazing campaign. Um, it's the nine months rent-free um, hashtag, I think it's called. Oh, I need to check that. Um, but he has really been spearheading a massive campaign to make sure that the on-trade bars and restaurants, those who need it, get this national rent-free, that's it, hashtag national rent-free, for like nine months. Um, right. And, um, there's been a lot, a lot of support. There's been um, Yota otolengi has been on there. A lot of the CEOs for the big businesses. Um, he's just been doing an amazing job. So I guess just um, pushing that message out and trying to get the government to listen and um, you know act on uh, making a nine-month rent-free period available for um, the on-trade. Um, because mm. everyone's going to be affected there. You know, we're past the supply chain and I worry that, you know, they need to extend the furlough past June because I know that our sales team certainly won't be able to go back out in July and start selling to uh, people whose restaurants and bars might be able to open, but only at 20% capacity. And they're going yeah. to have their own challenges. So going in there, trying to upsell them to a premium run is insensitive. So yes. I think, you know, looking at the industry as a whole and really trying to get people to work together um, to push the government to allow this nine month rent free period um, is the best option to help my business and all of the hospitality and supply chain um, businesses. That's that's amazing. I'll link um, the campaign details in the description box below. So if anybody listening would like to get involved in helping with that, uh, you'll find the details in the description box. Um, but yeah, that's that. I think we've got a very long journey ahead of us, um, and I think it's longer than people expect. So we mm. have to sort of stick together and support each other in any ways we can. Yeah. And I think there's there's many things people can do, such as signing up to mailing lists, following on social media that are completely free. So they don't uh, they're not a financial burden for anybody. Yeah. Uh, but it can really help businesses to to hopefully get through this. Yeah. Which is which is the goal. Um, but to finish on a, on a slightly more positive note, um, <laughs> the simplest of questions what is your favorite drink at the moment oh that's so not a simple question for somebody in the hospitality <laughs> industry well no it's so difficult because it depends on the time of day the mood the other factor for me is the people behind those brands i am such a people person and i love selling brands where the brand owners are so supportive so i'm going to choose two of my favorite drinks which are genuinely my favorite drinks um when I don't mind having a little bit of an extra, you know, calorie hit, you can't go wrong with the dark and stormy. Gosling's <laughs> <laughs> is the most incredible brand by the most incredible brand owners that have been so supportive over the last 13 years. And also on these more summery nights uh, or spring nights, should I say, um, the juniper cask 
Perno is out of this world. Um, so John Hilgren and his team mm -hmm. over in Sweden producing that, they are they are fantastic as well. So it's a dark and stormy and a Herno juniper cast gin and tonic for me. Nice. They're both excellent drinks. It's making me want to buy more stuff for home. I have plenty of booze in this flat and yet I keep talking to people or seeing what they're drinking and it makes me want to buy more stuff and I'm like exactly. oh god I'm gonna end up with a bar in my house <laughs> well there's nothing else to spend your money on right now so it's just it's food and drink <laughs> it's, it's all going on uh what I will class as the food shop yes <laughs> that'll, yes that'll do oh well Kirsty thank you so much for taking the time today to to chat with me and to do this uh, it's been a pleasure um, yeah, hopefully we'll be back next week with more interviews. Hopefully this is the start of getting the interviews back up and running. Great. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for having Bye. me, Evie. Take care. Bye.